0: LEADING IN A CRISIS. THAT'S OUR FOCUS TODAY ON ABOUNDING GRACE. THIS IS AMAZING GRACE and welcome to a very special edition of Abounding Grace. What you're about to hear is a recent message Pastor Ed Taylor gave on his podcast, Lead to Serve. We thought it would be beneficial to you in light of the times we're living in. When you stop to think of it, virtually all of us are leading someone. It may be as a pastor or as a leader in the workplace or even in your own home. Today, Pastor Ed is going to give us some practical biblical instruction on how to lead in a crisis
1: like this pandemic we find ourselves in. We are in the midst of, as I record this, uh, the largest global crisis that's ever happened in my lifetime with the effects of it being widespread, especially toward the church. And this will have a, a strong emphasis upon pastoral ministry Upon elders and leaders within the context of the church, although it is a broader, there is a broader application for you, moms and dads that are staying home with your kids right now, unable to work. How do I lead my family? How do I lead my extended family? How do I help my neighbors? I wanna help you with some principles of leading in crisis. And let me say at the outset, and by the way, my name is Ed Taylor, I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. And We've been pastoring here for 20 years, and this is by far the most restrictive crisis that we have ever experienced as a church and as a leadership. And There are many facets to it, as you well know, and I want to help you with those. Now, if you are a pastor or an elder or spiritual leader overseeing a church, I want to invite you to a special pastor's Zoom conference call. Uh, We put them on weekly, uh, and all you need to do is email me ed at edtaylor.org. And I'll make sure you get on the invitation list. So email me at ed at edtaylor.org. I'll put you on the invitation list. And when we have another one, uh, we send out a note. And you're more than welcome to join us. We're basically dialoguing together uh, around the country, even some pastors from around the world, uh, dialoguing together on how do we respond to the difficulties that lie before us and question and answers and things that will help us process our thinking, uh, process, uh, we pray together, you know, process everything. And so I want to help you. Let's jump right into the topic today. Uh, The topic is leading in crisis, and it is a crisis. And I think where we begin, if we're going to start looking at principles, is this important truth that we're given in Acts chapter 20, verse 28. So number one, I want you to pay attention to yourself. That—that That is, if leading in a crisis, we're, we're going to need to take care of ourselves physically, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, we get this principle in Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Take heed to yourself is a principle that you want to adopt immediately. If it's, it's like when you're on an airplane, right? And they're giving you the instructions when the oxygen masks come down and you're supposed to put it on yourself first, even before the child sitting next to you, because if you're unable to breathe, you're not going to be able to help anybody. So you take care of yourself, and that means you're going to want to watch uh, your spiritual barometer. You're going to want to have your daily devos done. You're going to want to be in prayer. I know this sounds simple, but in crisis, we're giving, 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 helping, helping, decision, decision, and you're just like, oh. And, and if, if you are not paying attention to yourself spiritually, reading the Bible, praying every day, seeking out the Lord, developing your prayer life, If you're not taking care of yourself emotionally, being honest with what you're feeling and what you're going through, you're not taking care of yourself physically. This is a great time to consider getting your body in order uh, because a healthy body that's strong will be stronger in the midst of crisis. And it being at the time of this recording, uh, being on restrictions, being staying home except for necessities, you're home a lot, the temptation is to. Eat, 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 and it might even be something that you deal with personally that that you like eating because it's like a comfort to you, but this is a great time to take care of yourself, maybe even calling a fast uh, in your own life, a time of prayer and fasting so that God can strengthen you, then you can take care of the flock of God. So number one, take care of yourself. Number two, remember the courage and the confidence of the Lord. I can't help but remember uh, Joshua as he's facing the biggest crisis in his life in Joshua chapter one. We, we know that the brother dealing with fear and anxiety and and the unknown because God comes to him, and encourages him, uh, encourages him on more than one occasion, uh, telling him to be strong and courageous. No man's going to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. And where does that strength come from? It comes from your relationship with God. It doesn't come because you have all the answers and it doesn't come because you have been able to get through another day. The strength comes from the admonition of God in our lives and, and how he's with us. So remember that God is with you. Remember the courage and confidence of the Lord. Remember like in Joshua's day, you're faced with things that you don't know. And you don't know how it's going to unfold. So remember and receive and appropriate the courage and the confidence of the Lord. Which brings me to our next one. And that is number three. Remember, you can't solve the world's problems. You can't solve the world's problems. What I mean by that is I know you're in the midst of a situation where there are so many decisions There are so many things that require your attention, that require your 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 word, your direction, and you may begin to feel like the responsibility is on you, and you start placing things on your shoulders that never intended to be on your shoulders. You want to remember, like Peter, uh, part of the process of leading in a crisis is casting all our cares upon the Lord, because He cares for us, and that God is on the throne when you are not going to be able to solve the world's problems. Let me even put it this way. You're also not going to be able to solve all of your church's problems. We're not going to be able to solve everybody's problems individually. And we also aren't going to be able to solve our own problems. However, that's good news because the burden is not on us. The burden is upon the Lord. He is the God of faith in the good times, and he's the God of faith in the difficult times. So be careful in not taking too much burden upon yourself as if everything depends upon you. And so now you're not sleeping at night. Now you're worried about the finances, and you're worried about the situations, and you're worried about what's going to happen. Remember Jesus told us in the Sermon on the Mount, he, he, he dedicated quite a bit of time to this topic of worry and anxiety. And he says over and over again, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Trust me. Uh, This is your daily bread. (laughs) This is something you're going to learn to, as he's teaching us how to pray, pray for your daily bread. But he says, don't worry. Tomorrow is going to have its own issues. Let's focus on today. Uh, And what is God, what is he wanting to do today? You're you're not going to be able to solve the world's problems And yet you can cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for us and he cares for you. Uh, I'm very encouraged by that. Like that, To me, that's super encouraging to know that I have a lot of decisions to make. I have a lot of situations before me, but I know I can't solve the world's problems. And that just causes me to trust God more. Uh, A brother was texting yesterday and some of the difficulties he's facing. And so I responded to that text. And this brother was talking about some decisions he was making, and, and my mind immediately went to, you know what, we are like the Bible heroes of the past. We are like the men and women in the Bible who were living out their crisis day by day, moment by moment. And and yet when their whole story was written, and of course, my mind automatically comes to Hebrews 11, uh, the great hall of faith that when their story is written, what's highlighted is not their failures, not what's highlighted is not their weaknesses. What's highlighted isn't even necessarily the crisis. Uh, Like in Noah, I think of Noah, you know, what Noah did and the crisis that he was in, the worldwide crisis that he and his family faced, what's highlighted is not the crisis, but the faith of the men connected to God. And they lived out their lives day by day in real time, just like you and I are in real time. And who knows, by the time I finish recording and getting this posted, things could have changed. A new order could have come from our government or our city or our county or or the person that that we rent from, the school, the strip mall. And, and so it's not the crisis that gets the attention. It's the faithful relationship between the man, the woman, and God. And that's what's happening in your life right now. So you can't solve the world's problems. Um, another thing on a personal level, and then we'll get to the practical, another practical side to this, but another one on another couple of things on the personal side of things is watch out for your own emotions um, because you're going to have them. You're going to be stressed out. You're going to be worried. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be caught up with fears and anxieties, not only for the leadership that you give broadly, but for your own family. For your extended family, I know many people connected to our fellowship family here have. Maybe they're strong and healthy, but they have family members that are in the high risk category, so there's a concern there. We have a couple of families that have moms that are in isolation, uh, older moms that are. It, it and so you know all of these emotions can come and what's going to happen and how's this going to ha- what's what's going to happen with this and how am I going to do this and how can I and so just be self-aware of your emotions, um, re- acknowledge that you have them, uh, pray through them, um, be careful with your emotions. You know, they don't always tell us the truth. They're real for sure. The, what you're feeling right now, one of the reasons I'm sure the title of this caught your eye and is catching your ear is because everything's going all around, you know, going, going, uh, out of control almost all around you and you want to learn. And, and so you are feeling like everything's out of control and you're stressed, depending on what you lean to. If you're an optimist, then you've got to be careful with the feeling like, oh, this is no big deal. Well, th- that's not a reality. That's not a real feeling because it is a big deal. Or if you have a more, you know, you have a bent to go, well, you know, this is just such and such. Well, whatever it is, it has changed the way things are. It has radically changed everything in a matter of a couple of weeks. And so whether you are stressed out or worried, frustrated, fear, anxiety, you name it, watch out for your emotions, acknowledge them, pray through them, and confess any sin that comes from those emotions. Confess that, you know, my fear fear has made me, I'm not trusting God, and so now I'm not encouraging others. And, And just confess it to the Lord. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us, cleanses us. He's he's able to wash away these things, to to take away these things. Uh, Another thing that's important, another practical thing that's important is to make sure you're focusing, you're laser focusing on things that you can control, not the things you can't control. And here's a here's a little assignment that I would give you as a leader. Take a piece of paper out, uh, you know, five, eight and a half by eleven. Draw a line down the middle. On the left hand left hand side of that sheet, write down the things that you do control. For example, you control whether you pray or not. You control whether you can answer the phone or not. You control. Uh, you can think of a, a, a really that's going to be a long list you, because when you're caught up in the things you can't control, you you then begin to forget. That there's a lot of things that God has given me control over. He has yielded that control of my free will. And so I can choose to pray. I can choose not to pray. I can choose to read the Bible. I can choose not to read the Bible. I can choose to reach out to someone. I can choose to visit someone. I can choose to help someone. There's a lot of choices that we can make. I can choose to encourage and just write them down. Write those choices down and let it be, an, you might need a couple of pieces of papers for this and you just let it, just let a list keep running. On the right hand side, write down the things you can't control. Uh, I can't control how a person responds. I can't control the ties and offerings of my church. I can't control the school system that's not allowing us to meet anymore. I can't control when somebody else gets mad and, and all the things that I can't control. And, and here's what you do with the list daily. On the left-hand side, do the things you can control. Do them in the positive. Do them as unto the Lord. On the right-hand side, pray for those things. Cast those cares upon the Lord. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, make your request, be made known to God with thanksgiving also. And focus on what you can control instead of what you can't. And the list that you have of the things you control, do them and start to do them regularly, develop new habits. Uh, Like again, if you're taking care of yourself emotionally, then cast your emotions. If you're looking to better yourself physically and start to eat better, you say, I can eat better. I can choose better meals. I can choose to not snack or eat candy so that my body is getting stronger physically, so that I show my body through prayer and fasting and discipline that I can choose to follow the Lord. I can choose to abide. I can choose to pray. And I'm going to choose those things because I control them. And the things I can't control, I'm going to pray through them and pray for them and watch God move in a mighty way. Another thing to remember is that you're a shepherd. Uh, You're a servant. Uh, Of course, if I'm talking to pastors, you're a shepherd. Uh, Under uh, senior you're under the good shepherd. We're all really literally a priesthood of all believers So all of us have that sense of servanthood and we're shepherds. We're not problem solvers Now you might identify yourself as a problem solver, but you're actually not you're a shepherd You're an under shepherd and so really you're being led by the holy spirit to help people and serve people You aren't necessarily going to be used by god to solve people's problems uh, you're going to be pointing them to the Lord. You're going to be praying with them. You're going to be fixing their, helping fix their mind on things above. You might be practically helping them. You might be giving food or you might be giving supplies. You might be helping someone practically, but you're a shepherd. You're a servant. You're not a problem solver, which another thing to remember is that you're also a shepherd and not a fixer. Now, some of your personalities is like you are a fixer, but you're not. God is doing the work. The you and I and the people we serve and our friends and family belong to the Lord. He's the good shepherd. So we're trusting people with the good shepherd. I'm I'm going to be frustrated if I try to solve problems because I I'm I, I was talking to someone recently and go I just need to figure this out. And I reminded this brother and it is a very difficult situation. I reminded him that he doesn't need to figure anything out. That's just another added burden, because if you can't figure it out, then, you're, then, then you've then you got the problem and the problem that you created. Does that make sense? You created a new problem, where I have to figure this out. No, actually, you don't have to figure this out. It's another invitation to abide and to trust and to, to remain calm, trusting God to lead us. We're there to care and to serve. So let's focus on caring and serving, which leads me to a very big principle. Now, as we've taken care of ourselves and really focused on, and that is how do we care for others? Let me give you three words. You ready? Communicate, communicate, communicate. It is vital and imperative in a crisis that we clearly and concisely communicate. And and we're going to do that one of two ways. We're going to communicate by sending out, by sharing, by talking, but we're also going to communicate by receiving. We're going to learn to listen and we're going to learn to pray, but we need to communicate well. We want to listen empathetically. Uh, We want to listen carefully. We want to even prayerfully listen. And what, what I mean by that is every conversation now we're going into praying that God would give us insight on exactly what is happening. And so for the people you're overseeing, you want to regularly communicate. You're going to want to send out regular text messages. You're going to want to send out regular emails. You're going to want to make regular phone calls. And of course, if the opportunity arises, you want to have face-to-face communication. And I know that there is some instruction to have some social distancing, but that doesn't mean you can't have face-to-face interaction. That doesn't mean you can't use a technology like Zoom to have a virtual meeting or FaceTime or any number of tools. We've been using Zoom a lot here. That's actually how we do a pastor's meeting. And if you would like to join us on our weekly pastor's meeting via Zoom, um, it's a national, you know, pastors around the country, um, some from around the world. Remember, email me at ed at edtaylor.org and I'll get you added to the list of invitation uh, so that you know when they're happening because they're not regularly scheduled yet. We're scheduling them because everything's changing so much. We're scheduling them. A little uh, one week at a time, uh, and I'd love to have you join us. And we're praying together, and we're just talking best practices and things that we, you know, questions that we can answer collectively. But communicating is very important; it, it's it's imperative that. And I would say in your organization, so on a personal level, you have it, but in your organization, that you emphasize with the people that are communicating on your behalf, like a church, that we have one voice, so that key communications are pre-approved so if somebody's sending out an email have it approved and edited first so because there's so much confusion already uh there's so much i heard this and and rumors and things on the news and i heard this over here and then my friend said this and his uncle said that and and that's all that's all normal in a time of crisis so that from the from the top there's a one voice policy And that's very important that you adopt a one voice policy where a lot of people are going to be communicating, but we have to communicate the same thing or we'll make the confusion even worse. And so have people send you what they're sending out that is giving direction. So you can just read it. uh, You can edit it, pray, comment on it, and then it goes out with one voice. Uh, But we're also listening. So as you're picking up the phone and you're talking to someone, you want to listen to them, and then you want to pray with them. But we want to um, ask questions. We want to point people to the Lord. We want to help answer their questions according to the Word of God. And we want to extend comfort. We want to remind people of the sovereignty of God. We want to remind people how God is working all things together for the good. And let me give you a phrase that you need to adopt right away. And, and, and not feel uncomfortable with it. Because in a crisis, you think in your communications, you're thinking, wow, well, I got to answer everybody's question. I got to have an answer for everything. But you know as well as I do that there are things we just don't know. And so here's the phrase. You ready? You need to you n- learn to adopt this phrase as you're communicating. And that's this. I don't know. But let me write that down and find out. I don't know. It's okay to tell people you don't know. Uh, Because you don't. And so there's no need to put on a face like you have it all under control. There's no need to have people think you, you know everything that needs to be known. No, I don't know. But let me write it down and I'll get an answer. Or let me write it down and pray over it. Uh, and that's something, if you haven't already in the communication piece, write things down because so much information is coming and so much information is flowing. You need to write things down. You need to write conversations down. Uh, you, you need to write down new ideas that you might have. Uh, new If people give us, because every uh, there's a lot of suggestions in term, times like this. Have you considered and what about and have you read this? Write them down. So that when you do get some time, you might be able to think through those ideas or those suggestions or even those opinions, Um, because you're going to have folks that want to share their opinion. And instead of being frustrated and upset with so many different opinions, listen, write it down and say, thank you. Um, Thank you for sharing that. And I don't know if it's it's actionable or not. I don't know if you're going to end up doing anything with it, but write it down because you will forget as good as your memory is. By the time tomorrow comes, you're going to forget because you are swimming in a sea of information more and more over and over and over. And then right when you think you have a place of equilibrium, another change takes place and another change takes place. So in your communications, be sure to write things down and, and, and be clear and concise.
0: That's Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace, describing some of the ways we can lead in a crisis. Take care of yourself and then care for others. This talk was originally given in Pastor Ed's Lead to Serve podcast, and you can access it in many of your favorite platforms like Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. Do a search for lead to, that's the number two, serve. All one word, lead to serve. Subscribe, listen, and then share. We'd also appreciate it if you'd leave a comment after you do. Pastor Ed is also writing blogs that are very applicable to what we're encountering today. One that comes to mind contains 50 Bible verses for comfort. Check it out at edtaylor.org. Again, edtaylor.org. And if you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear it again, go to aboundinggraceradio.com. Maybe you can share it with a leader that you know. That's AboundingGraceRadio.com. We're out of time for today, but join us next time on Abounding Grace when Pastor Ed Taylor will return to his study of Romans. This is amazing grace.